That's interesting that your, <clears throat> excuse me, your daughter invited you. And your daughter and my son were mm -hmm. friends, and my son invited me mm -hmm. to come here. Um, <laughs> but I was unchurched uh, until my, you know, mid-40s when, when he invited me to come and, you know, hey, Pop, why don't you and I start going to church? And I was a broken guy, and obviously uh, my 14-year-old son had some wisdom and maturity, more than I did at, at the time. Um, and, and brought me here, and, and you know, how has it helped me develop my faith? It's helped me develop my faith. I didn't have any faith. So um, being able to come here, not only has it helped me develop in youth and in getting older, but also to break some chains, right, and to um, be able to really live, live with God and to develop a community of people who can relate to me because I don't really have people around me much who relate. How's Kevin played a part in your um, in your journey? He's much like a mentor to me. Teach me how like as a young preacher how to just walk and even though I'm still going to have hard times and I'm going to doubt myself how to overlook that, you know, and kind of look to God more. And so working with the kids, you know, on Sundays, I mean, I, I talk about you so much. This young man is amazing to me. But working with the kids and watching them grow. Now, as I'm teaching them, but they're teaching us. And I just said, I said wow, these kids are really into Christ. They, they know scripture there. It's helping to mold me into the, the type of man that I desire to become. Um, Ryan has always been a uh you know, reaching out and inviting me to things, and Jordan um, Crawford has always been reaching out and inviting me to things. And um, it, it got to a point where, you know, I said I wanted to, to grow closer to God. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna just say yes to everything. You know, like <laughs> if, they, if they invite me some, somewhere to do something, like I'm gonna just do it. So, you know, like Young Adult Group, I've been going to that consistently. Um, I remember playing, uh, doing something in Hamtramck, like, you know, uh, discipling the Muslims. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing uh, four, 45 degrees or element four, five, six now, uh, you know, twice a month for the past couple of years. Um, leading a, a table at EHR recently, um, which I at first wasn't confident in doing, but, you know, Jordan said I'll be fine, so I believed him. <laughs> you know, that was, that was enough for me. Um, you were fine. Yeah, and, and that went like, you know, a hundred times better than I expected. It turned out to be great. So yeah, just that consistency, um, just always having, you know, community, um, and then just always the opportunity to get involved. Give it up for them awesome folks. Give it up for them. Uh, uh, before I uh, get to business today, man, I, um, I don't know if you're all aware of a uh, tragedy that happened uh, just north of us in New York, Buffalo. Uh, there was a shooting in a grocery store. And so I just wanted to, before I, I preached, I feel like the Lord was wanting us to, you know what I mean, pray and, and, and lock arms for that community. So if you bow your heads, we're going to pray for 
just for God's presence and peace to uh, be in that place. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just uh, lifting up those uh, family and people who were affected by that uh, tragic shooting, God, in Buffalo in that grocery store, Lord. Um, God, that's your life, Lord. That's your creation, Lord. Those were your people that you've uh, put breath in their body, Lord, and uh, for their lives to be taken. Um, so abruptly, Lord, we just, uh, God, we mourn with those people right now, God. Our hearts are uh, in grief with them, Lord. Um, God, and it's just saddening, Lord. It's just saddening how, um, how uh, valueless some people can think life is, Lord. And um, God, all we can do is ask right now and pray that you step into uh, the midst of all of that, Lord. Um, we ask that you grieve with them, God, that you walk with them, God, that you mourn with them, Lord. God, your word says that you comfort us, Lord. You are the comforter. And so, God, I pray you wrap your arms around those families. God, I pray you wrap your arms around that community, Lord. And um, God, just help them get through this tough and difficult situation. And God, we just pray for your world at large. God, we pray for the people that are struggling, God, that are broken, God, that are in isolation, Lord, that are just being overtaken by the enemy, Lord. We come right now on their behalf, Lord, and say, God, we plead the blood of Jesus over their life, God. We pray that chains be broken over their life, God, so that they can come free, so that they don't have to do things like this, God. These heinous acts, Lord. But, God, in the midst of it all, we still got to trust that you are good. God, we also just uh, lift up and thank you for the Ringo family who had their uh, funeral here uh, this past week, Lord. And just thank you for the journey you've walked that family through. And um, God, how you've come alongside that family just through people and through your presence, Lord. And God, we pray that you continue to journey with them, Lord. God, we know that just because the, the body's been laid to rest, God, the, the pain, the life still goes on, Lord. And so we pray that you continue to journey with them, Lord, and take your peace with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys for allowing me to do that there. And good morning, everybody. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're glad to have you. If you're joining us online, what's happening? What's happening, y'all? What's up, our online people? So it's been funny here lately. I've been, um, you know, everybody's been kind of coming back to church and getting back out. So I, we see people in the lobby and everything like that. And it's so funny to me because people will be like, hey, I, I, I know who you are. I know who you are. And they kind of get, they got to get caught up. And I'm kind of like, oh, I'm trying to help them out. I'm like, yeah, I'm the youth pastor. They're like, no, 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 not the youth pastor. Whatnot. They're like, oh, nah. I like oh, you see me preach on Sunday before. They're like, yeah, no, 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 you preach. I'm like, oh, I'm the, I'm the guy whose wife had cancer. Yeah, you're right. No, no, yeah, you're right. That was God bless. Ho, ho. But no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. And they're like, you the, you, the, you, the, you, the, you the trail mix, man. You the trail mix guy. And I'm saying, wait a minute. How did this become a thing? I'm like, church, we got to get our priorities here. I mean, wife with cancer, trail mix. Come on now. Where are we at? No, but hey, I'm, it's, just so, uh, it's just so giddy when I hear that, man, it just that it landed well. I'm glad y'all got to get a little bit of what goes on in here in my mind. So y'all, my family, I see y'all as trail mix and whatnot. Just don't section off. We don't need all the raisins over here, peanuts here, and cashews here. Let's blend in. And so, man, thank you guys for uh, joining us and being here this morning, man. I feel like God has given me an awesome word, a powerful word. And so, man, if you're ready for that, I'm telling you, it's going down here this morning. If you're ready for that, hey, I need you to reach down underneath your seats and grab a Bible. If you have your own Bible, that's great. Open it up. We're going to be in Acts 
chapter uh, 4, verses 13 through 22. So, yeah, if, and like I said, Doug has always encouraged you guys, if you don't have a Bible, man, you are more than welcome to take this Bible home with you if you, um, if you need one. We're always encouraging you to open up that Word and get in God's Word. It's nothing like reading His Word and just marinate on it. Life change happens in the midst of that. And so uh, while we do that, I want us to transition up, transition up. Oh, my goodness, they didn't, they didn't broke it in already. Hey, I need us to stand for the reading of the Word. And I had, as I was studying, I had something come over me. I said, man, what was something that happened in our world that was significant on this day, May 15th? I said, man, God, what, show me something. And he showed me something. Something happened in our world. 94 years ago, this guy stepped on the scene. Who is this, y'all? Who is this here? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse came into our world. And now that was a joyous time. Okay, he made his, 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 his first appearance on this book, Plain Crazy. But see, you say, Pastor Kevin, why, did, why is Mickey Mouse important? Because, see, Mickey Mouse... Although he's brought joy into our world, for some parents, he's brought stress into our world. He's brought frustration, anxiety, worry, and financial burdens in our life. You say, how is that? Go to the next photo. Go to the next one real quick. The other one. Go to the other one right here. He's brought, because of these places right here. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this Disneyland, Disney World, and Disney stores. Do you ever been in the mall or something right here? And you just got to, you have to spot out where Disney is before your little kids see it. You know what I mean? You got to be looking a mile ahead and turn the corner. You got to say, turn that way. Hey, there's nothing that way. I don't want to go anywhere. There's nothing over there we need to see, kids. You got to run from that place. But uh, that ain't got nothing to do with my mess. But I just thought it was interesting that 94 years ago, Mickey Mouse made his appearance, first appearance into our world on a show called Playing Crazy, and now Mickey Mouse is all over the world. We can't get anywhere. And some of that was so that you could find that past the Scripture. If you still ain't on Acts chapter 4 or 13, then we're gonna have, after this, we're going to have to have a mini Bible study for you. So you should already be there. I'll try to give you time there. Let's start reading. Let's start reading Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 22. Now when they saw the boldness, everybody say boldness. Yeah, yeah, boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astounded. I got to pause right there because, see, that first, that first part encourages a person like me. That tells me right there that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. These people are saying they're uncommon men. They're uneducated, but they preaching with boldness. That encourages me because I'm a common man. I'm uneducated, I think, you know. And they recognize that they had been with Jesus. So y'all about to have me preaching before I preach. You got to watch who you hang around with. You better watch who you hang around with because some people are classifying you with the people you hanging around with. They said, hey, man, they said they knew they had been with Jesus. Amen. Watch your circle. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside him, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For, they are notable, they, that, for that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more in the name of Jesus. So they called them and charged them uh, to not speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to speak of what you have, and I need y'all to say these two words with me right here, what you have seen and heard. Let's say that together. Say, seen and heard. Say it again. Say, seen and heard. Say it one more time for the kingdom. Seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of, their peop- because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Heavenly Father, you're in this place. Now bring about transformation through a demonstration from what we've heard today. Let us see your presence move in and through this building today, God, because we declared your word boldly. And may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You are more than welcome to sit down, and we're going to get to it, y'all. Y'all got to excuse me. I coached last Saturday my girl's soccer team for the first time, and I didn't know you, you lose your voice as a coach out there. So y'all got to excuse me if I get a little raspy. I get a little bit too excited. Don't, don't, don't focus on the squeaks and squeals in my voice. Focus on the spirit that's coming out of me, okay? So I don't know about you guys, but as a child growing up, I used to love the times and the moments like this. I used to love this right here, this type of weather. We used to get out, hang out. We used to uh, come, come together, friends, family, everything. But this was the best part right here, food, cookout. Anybody ready for the cookout season? You got your smoker out, got your grill out. Hey, you ready for the cookouts here? And see, I was a really uh, curious kid when I come around. And I, like, I used to always want to be around the kitchen. You know what I mean? I always want to figure out, what it, man, what, what's going on? What's being cooked up in the kitchen? My grandma, she used to just whip it all up, ma'am. She didn't play around or whatnot. But she didn't used to want nobody to get her recipes when I said, get out of here, boy. Get out of here. You know what I mean? And sometimes you sneak a little finger or something and run out of there. You know what I mean? Like, because the food is so good, I couldn't wait. I used to love a good cookout. And see, my granny, she, she specialized in her ribs. Mm, anybody specialty in ribs in here? You, you throw down on some ribs. I would not having a contest with you. I feel like I got some rib skills. <laughs> but she had it, but she, she was bad with them ribs. But it, see, it wasn't the it wasn't the rib itself. She wasn't big on like these rubs and stuff. She didn't spend all day mixing all these spices, herbs, and all this type of stuff all together to rub on it. Like she wasn't like that. She put that old Lowry seasoned salt on there and some black pepper. You couldn't use that store bread. It had to be Lowry seasoned salt. You didn't, you didn't mess around with that. But she put all this on there. So the secret wasn't in her ribs. It was in the sauce. So that's the title of my message today, y'all. Say that with me. Say, what's in that sauce? Come on, you know that's good. Let's say it again. Say, what's in that sauce? Y'all know that person. You get to look, you get to eat that food, and it's kind of like, what is that so good? What is in that sauce? And you say, Pastor Gail, what does that got to do with today's message except for make me hungry here in the morning time? 
Well, we're on a continuation from chapter 3 and the chapter 4 of Acts in our series called The Church. And kind of what is the church for? What was the design for? Man, what is the purpose of the church? Why was the church even birthed? And we get to this point in this continuation of the church. And chapter 4 is a continuation of chapter 3, the miracle that happened of this man being healed. If you've been reading and uh, doing any homework or whatnot and reading along or reading ahead in that Acts you see that chapter 4 is really the explanation of the demonstration that happened in chapter 3. And when we look at chapter 4, as I was studying, I could not help but see that this passage is telling us right here what is in the sauce. See, can I tell you right now, the kingdom got a sauce. The kingdom of God has a sauce. And it's delivered to us by the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit, you think he's pouring out something? The Holy Spirit is looking to pour out some sauce on the church. It's specifically delivered to him for us. And this is, see, y'all see that plate right there? Y'all ever seen a plate so good, you know what I mean? You take a picture of it, and it's like, man, it's like, man, I should sell this as an NFT right now, man. This is so good. This plate of food looks so good. It looks so irresistible. It looks so attractive. It looks so desirable. You can't help but want it. And we see here in the early church, it was something that made the church so attractive so desirable, so irresistible. See, when you look at it, it had to have been because how else would a church go from 120 people up in the upper room praying, and then hours later, they had 3,000. And then we get to chapter 4. We're only four chapters in the Acts, and then it says, starting off with chapter 4, it says they had 5,000 men. That's not even including their families. What made the church so desirable and attractable that people wanted to come in abundance like that? See, they didn't have all the resources that we have today. Hey, we draw, Hey, we got churches that have playscapes and all this type of stuff. We got coffee shops. We got this, hey, youth ministries on fleek. We be turning up. Hey, we got all of it there to draw the kids. And I'm not saying there's nothing against these things. But the early church had less resources than we have. But they had more attractability than we did. They have more people living out and living, allowing the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of them than we ever could imagine having today in the church. But see, I'm glad you came to church today because I believe that God wants to get us back to a place like that. I believe he wants to get us back to a place like that where people are hungry and desiring his church, where his church and his people are so attractive and so desirable and so irresistible that people can't help but be drawn to it and say, hey, I got to ask you a question. Y'all sleeping. Y'all sleeping. They sleeping over there. And we got to ask that question about God wants us to get back to the place where the church is saying, well, I'm going to help you out this morning to tell you what's in that sauce, what's in that kingdom sauce. If you're ready to hear what's in that kingdom sauce, give God a praise right here. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a kingdom sauce, and it's made up of two simple ingredients. And the kingdom sauce that's delivered by the Holy Spirit is made up of declaration, or I should say bold declaration and visible demonstration. The kingdom sauce 
the thing that makes the church so desirable, so irresistible, and so attractive is the fact that there is bold declaration that comes, and then there's visible demonstration that come. Don't believe me? Let's go back to the early parts of the New Testament. Soon as John the Baptist stepped on the scene, he didn't start doing demonstration. He declared that repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There was declaration, and then immediately the people were being baptized as a demonstration of what God was doing. Fast forward to when Jesus steps on the scene. Jesus didn't step on the scene and start make, turning water into wine. Jesus didn't start healing people immediately. He came on the scene and said, repent and believe, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Every time we look at what Jesus did throughout the Word, it came, there was mostly a, declar- a bold declaration and a visible demonstration. People couldn't help but be drawn to Jesus, to the disciples, because of bold declaration and visible demonstration. We look at the early church right now, right here. Why are they in trouble? Why are they being reprimanded in here, Acts chapter 4? The, the council is saying, hey, man, we can't help but see that they, 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 they've healed someone. We can't deny that. We can't deny the, bold, uh, the visible demonstration. But why do we have visible demonstration? Because of the bold declaration. We've been seeing it all from the start of Acts. All they've been declaring, the Holy Spirit comes, he brings that salsa, he's bringing that ingredient of declaration, and now these apostles and these people are preaching with a bold declaration. And what follows? Visible demonstration. And that's what the council is trying to get to stop right now. They're saying we can't have these guys bringing about this bold declaration because it is interfering with what we got going on. There's some demonstration that's happening for the kingdom. You see, and I believe, and you have, to, you have to stay with me here because when we look at the church today, I believe, it's my belief, which I know that's rocky grounds when you're putting your belief and opinions out there, but I'm just going to say this. I believe the church is in a watered-down declaration stage. That's just what I believe. I'll take them two claps. That'll work. <laughs> you may be thinking you're getting bold declaration, but I don't believe. I feel like we're in a watered-down declaration stage. And you want to know why I believe the church is in a watered-down declaration stage? Because we've transitioned from power preaching to problem preaching. We've transitioned from power preaching to problem preaching. And I can't, as a, like I said, I don't want to make, excuse myself. I've, I've, I've uh, fell into this trap as well, too, because people come into the church expecting the church to fix their problems. People come in and they leave in the drove. And I get it why pastors are doing this, why pastors are wanting to uh, preach problems. And, and man, hey, I got I to gotta preach to this topic or this problem today. And I, it's not nothing wrong with it. But the thing about it is, is, People are coming in with these problems, and they're, hey, they're leaving the church in droves because the church isn't fixing their problems. Now, now granted, yeah, there, we, we, can, uh, we can refer you to places. There's counseling. There's therapy. There's things like, if you need that, yeah, yeah, there are places where you get that. But can I tell you today, the church was never designed to fix problems. 
Uh-oh, Pastor Kevin, you better give me some scripture on that boy because I'm about to get, I'm about to jump out my seat and get you. Well, let me help you out here. Let me show you how, how the church wasn't designed to fix problems because the church wasn't uh, uh, giving you a monopoly uh, pass go, and, I mean go to go, collect $200. No, no, no. See, that's what we want. Y'all know I'm talking, you ever play Monopoly, you come against that red and yellow side over there, that Illinois, Kentucky, that water. Man, it's like, we got problems over there. If you don't own nothing over there on that side, I need that, get out, I need that advance to go collect 200. But no, 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 that's not what the church is for. The church was never to make us advance through problems. See, Jesus himself, y'all probably know my favorite scripture by now, John 16, 33. If not, my students know, oh, yo. Okay, my students, they in here, they in there. That's a grace you thing, y'all outsiders. I'm sorry about that. That's our thing. Look at this, John 16, 33. It says, I have, I have told you these things. This is Jesus himself, y'all. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. He said, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus is telling you right there, you will have problems. Let me tell you what, don't follow that. But just come to the church, and they're going to fix all of your problems. You're going to leave healed, hold, and, and collected. All you got to do is put a little piece of change in that plate, and you'll be healed. No, that ain't what to say after that. Oh, if you serve a little bit, you serve both services this week because you got some real problems. So if you serve both services and clean up afterwards, you'll, 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 you'll uh, be free from problems. That's not what it says afterwards. Let me tell you what it says afterwards. He says, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Well, I shouldn't even say that. He has, I was pointing at myself. He said he has overcome the world. Where in that does that say that the church is supposed to fix our problems? You want want me to tell you what the church is supposed to do? The church wasn't designed to fix problems. The church was designed to give us power to persevere through problems. Some of you are coming to church thinking you're supposed to leave out of these doors and every problem that you have is supposed to be fixed and whatnot. No, you're supposed to leave out of this place and power to go face the problems that you have out there. God's power is made perfect through our weakness. So you come in here weak with problems, you're supposed to leave out here with God's power in your hands to go face and persevere through that problems. We got to get back to bold declaration. Church, we got to stop coming to the church looking to fix our problems. The church can refer you to places. There are places to help you to get through some of those problems, give you tools, and equip you on how to walk through some of those problems. But if you're looking for a quick fix for those problems, this ain't the place. We got to stop leaving the church in droves because we feel like the church ain't fixing our problems. The church is supposed to empower us to go through the problems. Jesus said, I came to equip you so that you can endure the problems not be excused from the problems. Boy, they better watch out. Boy, I'm up here. Oh, we Look here, kingdom. You better show up and show out, God. See, when we get the declaration off, when we get the bold declaration off, then it gets the demonstration off. See, because I told y'all, majority of the time when we see it in the Bible, there's a declaration that happens before the demonstration. When that man, when those men illegally tore off that roof, and they, I hope they got fined for that, tearing off that roof to lower that man down. I mean, it's like, brother, man, what are you doing? This is our house. Right. He want to be healed, but what happened after that? Okay, he healed, man. Now, I need that money for that roof. <laughs> That's just my mind when I'm studying. Okay. <laughs> Forget all that. But you remember what made the, the religious people mad? Because first Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. 
And they said, who do you think you are to declare this? Who do you think you are to forgive sins? Who, do you are, who does he think he is to declare this? And then Jesus says, okay, let me show you why I can declare this by some visible demonstration. Then he said, hey, get up and take your mat and walk. There's got, there had to be a bold declaration before a visible demonstration. And now I get it. Some of y'all, you, you, you uh, super scholars, super Christian scholars or whatever, you're like, hey, what about the woman who grabbed his, his, grabbed his robe and was healed? He didn't declare anything to her. She touched his robe. I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying that that's how it's always going. I'm telling you majority of the time, people. I know how some of y'all are theologians and scholarly people, but majority of the time, those two will go hand in hand. Even in that, sometimes it's backwards. She touched his robe, but Jesus didn't just say, okay, physical, uh, 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 visible de- uh, demonstration was going to come. Afterwards, he could not help but find out who. Do y'all remember what he was doing? He was telling them, man, who touched me? Who touched me? His disciples were like, man, stop tripping, man. It's a lot of people around here, man. Anybody could have touched you. But Jesus said, I got to find somebody. I got to find them because they got the plan mixed off. It was supposed to be bold declaration. When he found it, and he said, hey, your faith has made you whole. Jesus couldn't go nowhere unless he said, declared the bold declaration. Do you, are y'all getting what I'm saying about this sauce? Do you see what I'm saying? There's a sauce. There's got to be bold declaration, and then there's got to be some visible demonstration that comes along here. And when we get the declaration off, when we don't get the fullness of who God is, when we aren't, when we aren't preached to Him, when we preach Him about our problems, but not His Word and His power to get us through, then we will miss God's promises and what He tells us. We will think a, a, a physical ailment or, or healing or, 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 or a frustrating time or angry time in our life is everything. But God promises us eternity. But if we don't understand that, we will get lost in our earthly problems. We will think I have, everything's got to be perfect here. But he said, you're not a citizen of here. Your home is in another place. But if that's not being declared to us, then we won't know it. And can I tell you what shocked me? People think church can only happen in a building. Oh, what? <laughs> you would be shocked how many people do not open their Bible up at home and read it themselves. The only time they read the Bible is when it's being read to them. Let me let you in on a little secret real quick. Y'all lean in real quick. Lean in. Let me make sure y'all awake. Lean in. Come on, lean in. Y'all sleeping. Lean in. Let me see you lean in real quick. Hey, guess what? Hey, man, you can read your Bible at home. Oh, Hey, you're not going to open your Bible up and start melting. Oh, I got into the holy of holy places. I'm dying. I'm melting. (laughs) Hey, you can read your Bible at home. God can enter into the presence. He can enter into where you at, at your home, at your workplace, in your car. How else are you going to understand what God is declaring to his people if you're not opening your word? And because of that, church, we are missing or minimizing God's demonstration in our life. Like Pastor Doug said last week, we, 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 uh, we talk God's miracles away. Oh, that was just coincidence. They got the right medication balance there. They figured it out. That surgery got it. But hey, man, if God's, if God's 
knowledge and wisdom wasn't on that doctor or he didn't create that doctor to be able to put that medicine together the right way. If he wasn't with that doctor when he was cutting on you and he was sitting through you and he didn't, he didn't make his hand all shaky and everything like that, then if God's power wasn't with that doctor, then you wouldn't be here. See, we can try to explain it away all we want to. But my word says that he is the great physician. He is the healer. And see, when we get that off, then we get this one thing off that, that is so detrimental for our church, y'all. It's one thing that if we don't get the sauce right, then we'll miss this one thing. When the declaration is off and the demonstration is off, then it gets the expectations going away. See, church, I think we've lost the heart of expectation for God to even show up in our life. We, we don't even expect God. We don't even wake up expecting to see God move in our day. You know how we wake up? Oh, Lord, I got to get through this day today. <laughs> Let him trip on me today. God, just give me the power to get through today. We don't wake up with an expectation. And see, that's what these religious people were trying to get out of the way. They said, we can't have them have an expectation for that Jesus guy they keep talking about. So here in chapter 4, he's trying, they're trying to tell him, man, we got to reprimand these guys. We got to tell them don't speak in his name because, man, if they do that, then they're going to build an expectation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You ever been to a, a good restaurant place? You heard bold declaration about it, man. You should go here. some good food there. You heard it. Well, now you go to the place, and, man, they, they, they show you some visible demonstration. But you leave out of there like, well, this is some good stuff. And then they keep meeting it. you like, man, every time you go there, like, man, they just keep getting better and better. And then what do you do? You build up an expectation. You even build up an expectation so much that guess what? When somebody wants to meet you somewhere or you want to have a meeting or a breakfast or anything, guess what you do? Hey, I got a place for you. I'm you want some good Michigan food? I got you. You built up an expectation for this place. But then what happens when they change ownership, and things start going downhill, you, you, you go, you credit it and say, hey, man, all right, that was just that one time right there. We just say it was bad. Then you go again, and there's nothing there. Your expectations start getting lower and lower about that place. See, we've lost our expectation. And see, I get it. I get it, church, because Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. See, we've been seeing too many dead trees. We haven't been seeing trees of life. We feel like, hey, man, God didn't show up in this place. God didn't do this. He allowed this to happen in my life. So I get it. Some of you have lost an expectation there. But could the reason be because you haven't understood the bold declaration that God has shared with us? Church, is it because people aren't having expectations of God because the church itself is fighting and tripping amongst itself? What are we demonstrating inside of the church as one body? The church can't even get along, but we want 
the outside people to, hey, come to my church. <laughs> but the church can't even get along. Is that why we've lost an expectation for, for, for God to show up? You see, that's what Peter was trying to do in Acts 3, 3.12, when, when he said Peter, Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the Christ. He said, people of Israel, he said, what is, what is so surprising about this? Peter was like, I got to build an expectation for y'all. Like, y'all, are, he, these are God's people. The, the, he said, the Israelite people, y'all are supposed to have an expectation for this. To show. This man being healed, what, what's so surprising about this? That shocked me last week when Doug said, I'd never seen it like that. He said, what are you surprised about? You see, church, I'm going to say something that you probably never heard. We shouldn't be surprised when God shows up. Amen. Oh, they caught it. All right, God, thank you. That was from you then because I know they was going to catch that. I thought I was going to have something flying at me or whatnot. We weren't meant to be surprised when God shows up. Hey, you don't get surprised when your check get deposited in your bank account. You don't see, oh, my goodness, they deposited that check. Oh, my, I am, so, they deposited my check. <laughs> you expected that. You don't get surprised when that Netflix or that cable bill auto-drafts out of your account or whatnot. You don't say, I need to call Netflix. They took that money out of there. What did they do? Especially if you're watching it, been watching it, you, you know they're supposed to take it out. You don't get surprised when you pull up at McDonald's and the ice cream machine is off. You don't look and say, hey, man, can I get a McFlurry? Oh, my goodness, I'm shocked. I am surprised your ice cream machine ain't McDonald's, don't sue me. I ain't got no money. I ain't talking about you, McDonald's. I ain't got, I'm broke, McDonald's. Don't come after me. <laughs> but you ain't surprised. You expected that. <laughs> See, when we really, when we really press in to, 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 to Jesus, y'all, I'm telling you, I know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this thing light because with bold declaration, man, look here, you can offend some stuff. And I believe that the church is not offensive anymore. Everybody's coming to church and they're leaving comfortable. Everybody's sitting in their seats and they're comfortable. But nobody's telling you the gospel is supposed to offend you. It's supposed to get you riled up. It's supposed to make you leave knowing that, hey, man, I got to go stop some of this stuff that I'm leaving here doing. You see, that's why the expectations ain't there. Because the bold declaration is not coming. That's why we're not seeing the visible demonstration. Because God is saying, I need my people to understand who I am and the fullness of who I am. See, can y'all imagine that church? Can you imagine what the church could look like and get back to if we really got back to the sauce that the Holy Spirit is seeking to deliver. If we really yielded, like we say, if we really surrendered, if we really submitted ourselves to the sauce that the church, that, that the Holy Spirit wanted to get through us, can you imagine what the church could look like? Oh boy, we would have so much visible demonstration. I don't want y'all to get all crazy and start thinking, hey, that, man, that Pentecostal pastor kicking out at him, he's talking about ribbons and fouls. I'm not talking about that. That's not but I'm not saying that's not a reason. I'm not saying that's not a way. See, demonstration is doing something different. You will know he's done something different. If, hey, man, you come into church and you just kind of hear or whatnot, and then all of a sudden you felt that bold declaration and you just start doing like this. I never did that in church. I never even moved. 
I was there like a statue, but today I got the waving or whatnot, moving like this. I got to just hear. That's demonstration. Somebody, you got it going on. You don't say a word in here, but you said, hallelujah. <laughs> you ain't never said that's demonstration. See, we don't have to get up, make it all weird. We don't have to do all of this extra stuff, and I don't have to take off a jacket and start popping you, Javon. I don't have to start doing this, and I don't have to start throwing holy oil on y'all. Y'all start seizing out or whatnot. That's not what demonstration has to be. Can we have an expectation for God to show up, church? Can we get back to having them have a demonstration? I vowed this morning, God, I'm going to give some bold declaration about the kingdom of God, and I'm going to give some bold declaration about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is what I'm getting to. But I wanted to do it so that the church can build back up an expectation, so that the world can start seeing that the church should be attractable, the church should be desirable, the church should be irresistible. When we leave out of this place, like Moses came down to Matthew, we should be glowing. Because the kingdom is on us. And see, we're going to have an opportunity to do that here. Because see, when God changed my life, because I heard the bold declaration of the kingdom of God and the, 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 the visible demonstration of what he did in my life, the thing, things look different in my life. And, and because of that, I've had this burning expectation. And, and I want somebody here today to experience that. You're in a place where you've lost expectations for God. You've had a place where you're hungry for some demonstration in your life or someone else's life. And I'm telling you, if I did what God wanted me to do today, you heard some bold declaration. And so I'm going to be believing that there's going to be some demonstration in this place. Some change are going to be broken off some people today. It's going to be something that looks different about you when you leave this place today. Because Jesus Christ shed the blood. He came, died, and rose for our sins. We can be free in him now. Amen. And the only way I know how to do that, how I know how to do that, is, man, I like to worship. And so we're going we're gonna to worship and there's this song that declares all of it, all of who Jesus is. This song, I, pre, I really want you to press into this song. You probably have heard this song. If you have, sing along. If you having the words to be up there. But I really want you to focus in on this because it's going to tell you about my Jesus. See, that's, who, that's the second part to this. I've declared the kingdom to you. But now we need to hear about my Jesus and what he can do for you. Let us stand to our feet. Let us worship him. Don't be afraid of what demonstration he wants to do in your life. It's not anyone else's life. It's got to be yours. So if that, declarate, that demonstration looks like for you raising your hands and shouting, do that. That looks like stepping out in the aisle for you, do that. That looks like coming down to the altar for you, do that. Whatever demonstration God wants to do in your life right here, right now, allow him to do it. That's what makes the church attractive. That's what makes the church desirable. And that's what will make the church irresistible again, church. So let's go into this song. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? 
Cause shame's done all its stealing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus Desirable. 
we can't be irresistible. God is looking to bring a fire back into his church in a world that's looking to, to, to bury us. Man, Jay, God is saying, we weren't supposed to be, uh, it wasn't supposed to be an advantage to be called a Christian anyway. Jesus said, because I've called you, the world gonna hate you. So we called to be set apart. Let Jesus change your life. I'm going to get y'all on out of here before we get into some real demonstration. You better stop. Stop playing now. Shoot. I get them, I get them feet going. Y'all better stop playing. Hey, we had a team of people that prayed for you guys before the service, and here were some things that they heard. Uh, it was the first time guesting needy of prayer. There's someone burdened with fear. There's someone that's needing peace. Someone's desires a deeper anointing. Someone's healing of an elbow, and then there's some, uh, a spinal issue there. So if that, any of that resonates with you, then, hey, we'll have our prayer team that'll, uh, that'll train and staff here that'll, that'll pray for you down here. Come down front. If you're online, there's a, a thing that'll pop up there on your screen. You call in on that number. We'll get someone uh, trained and professional to get you in a room and pray for you specifically. But if none of that resonates with you, if you said, hey, man, I just believe that God has put a demonstration in my heart and life, and you want to praise him, or you want to pray, have someone pray with you for about any issue or whatnot, man, come down and be prayed for. Man, God is wanting to change his church and get us back in a place where we're attractive, desirable, and irre irresistible. Don't leave this place the same way you came. Lay your burdens down and leave out of here in power, ready to take on whatever problems you face in the world. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, be with us, Lord. Be with these people as they go, and they're going and they're coming, God. Watch over them. We thank you for today's service, Lord. May you be glorified with our lives. It's Jesus' name we pray. And all his people said, amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Y'all dismissed. Glory to God. Uh-oh. They gonna, look, they're going to eat me up. That's going to be a quick turnover.